Good to see you. Um, thanks for joining us. We've got uh, <laughs> we got a word today. I believe God's given me, um, and it's kind of bittersweet. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is it's going to get us thinking. Now it got me thinking. I was up early, early in the morning. Uh, thinking about this, and this is why I really am looking forward to sharing it with you. I believe, Shanita, yes. that we're gonna we're gonna we're going to leave here on a higher level than when we came in. All right, higher level than when we came in. And um, but anyway, I want you guys to to join me. And I, I say this every. Um, I say this every Sunday morning, and we're on every Sunday morning now, uh, 11 uh, a.m. to, um, well, we usually try to finish at uh, 12, but if you could invite somebody, uh, good morning, Christy, if you could invite somebody, uh, maybe, um, hi, Shelly, call somebody and say, hey, 11 o'clock, uh, we get together and, um, uh, and we talk about things that the church just refuses to talk about, and we're not afraid to talk about things, right? And and this is what uh, relationships are all about, relationships with God, relationships with, with people. And um, so, Shanita, who do we have this morning? Um, we got the Lena's door. Lena's here. Lena. Lena's here. Shelly, Belinda, happy to see you. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So good to see you guys. Um, we're gonna leave the doors open for a few minutes um, like we would if we had a brick and mortar uh, building. I say this every week because I've got people that come in uh, sometimes five, 10 minutes late because they're stumbling across the internet and God leads them to this, um, to this gathering. And so I wanna respect that because I'm praying to God this morning that he brings the people that he chooses, which he will. Uh, into this gathering, into this time and place so we can praise God and we can uh, hear God's word, understand God's word and come together in truth and in spirit. All right. Uh, okay. So Shanita, I got, uh, I want to, there's some crazy things I want to say here. I call them heavenerisms. Okay. And by the way, uh, you're joining us on davidheavener.tv. Hello, everybody. God bless you guys. If you're having any problems on any other uh, areas uh, trying to get to us, you can go to davidheavener.tv. And if you're not a subscriber, go subscribe now. Um, that would be awesome to support the ministry. Heavenerisms. Christians are more concerned about Facebook than they are about facing God. Christians are more concerned about Facebook than they are about facing God. Are you? Do you spend more time in Facebook, facing Facebook, than facing God? And I have to say that to me, even though I'm not a big Facebook guy, but I still do social media. Um, here's another one. You know, I didn't get to go to my favorite lukewarm church last Sunday, and I was so depressed, it's almost as if I was there. <laughs> so I didn't get to go to my favorite lukewarm church last Sunday, and I was so depressed that it was almost as if I was there. All right. What does God look like? 
Well, any real Christian should be able to look in the mirror and find out. What does God look like? Any real Christian should look in the mirror and find out. We're gonna be talking about this. It's gonna be part of what we're talking about. Do you look like God? What does God look like? Do I look like God? Do we look like God? We were made in the image of God. Is that just spiritual? Could be. The enemy's like sugar. He's hidden in everything, in, er, in the everything's, everyday things of life. The enemy's like sugar. He's in the... No matter what we get at the store, I, op- I look at the back of it, you know, read it, read ingredients. It's either got sugar in it somewhere. It's got different names for sugar, like sucrose, glucose, and other kind of coase. And sugar's everywhere. Well, that's the enemy. He's everywhere. He's like sugar. And he's hidden in the everyday things alive. And this is what we set out to expose. We ask God, God, let us use our power and authority to expose the enemy this morning, to blast him out of the water, back into the pits of hell. Get excited about this. All right. What else? What if I told you the percentage, you remember the coronavirus? What if I told you that the percentages of death from the coronavirus is higher than a lukewarm churchgoer's chance of getting into heaven? Would you take action? If the percentage of deaths from the coronavirus What if I told you the percentage of death from the coronavirus was higher than a lukewarm churchgoer's chance of getting into heaven? Figure that one out. And why isn't the world more afraid of going to hell than they are catching some virus? Everybody's got the mask on. They used to, and they still do. You notice that, Shanita? You walk in places and people still are wearing masks. Even in their cars. In their cars. I looked over the other day and a lady had a face mask on with gloves on, and she has her windows rolled up. And I'm going, who's she afraid of catching a virus from, herself? There's nobody else in the car. I mean, this is insanity, you know, because what it is is you get brainwashed and you continued, see, look, here's the way the enemy works. It's conditioning. He gets us into a place called conditioning, Uh, uh, behavioral. Um, modification is what they call it. I come from a social work background. We call it behavior modification, where they modify your behavior. In order to modify your behavior, they've got to create a situation, circumstances that creates usually fear. Fear is the key driver because fear will drive people into a behavior modification more than anything. Um, You know, somebody says, well, you have cancer. Oh, I got cancer. I got to take treatments. I got to eat right. I got to do this. I got to do that. That's fear uh, in, in, in your behavior now, that, that you're going to be driven by fear. So they create a situation where it's fearful. Okay, we know that. And then they modify your behavior. Put on a mask, six feet apart. You know, all of this is modified behavior. Now, then they take away the thing that caused the fear, but the behavior continues on. Does that make sense? Exactly. The behavior continues on. Mm-hmm. So... Now that the 
threat of, you know, viruses are gone, the behavior continues on. Because if you would have came four or five years ago and you would have saw people doing what they're doing now, you know, with the mask, six feet apart, with, you know, closing down, and you said, what? No, what's going on? What's wrong with these people? What's happening? You see, it's all human behavior. And this is why we're going to talk about uh, religious conditioning. How have you been conditioned by religion? The way you think, the way you walk, talk, the way I think wall talk. We are victims of generational curses of religiosity, not relationship, but religiosity. All right, let's get going here. So, um, Shanita, who do we have in the room? Anybody, anything happening? Well, so? we have Robin in Orlando, Daisy in Canada. Welcome to hey. you. So thankful to see you today. Welcome, welcome. Good to have you guys. Um, and, and also on David Hevner TV, good to have you guys. Um, and if you haven't, um, Shanita, we're making episode two, Last Evangelist. And I noticed some people are signing up. If you haven't signed up, go and sign up, lastevangelist.com, and get connected with episode two, because episode one is out on davidhevener.tv. And uh, become a partner with us. We'd love to have you. Right? Yeah. Thumbs up. Um, all right. Why, God, do I think about you? I woke up this morning and I said, why? And, and stay with me on this. Why, God, do I have a consciousness about you? Why do, why do I feel bad when I sin? You ever wonder that? You ever feel like, am I in the twilight zone? You look around and you see people going to church week after week, doing the same thing. You know, they're not growing. They're just kind of playing the game. <clears throat> or you see people that don't even acknowledge God. You know, or you see people acknowledging another God and you say to yourself, God, why me? Why? What? I mean, you, you almost think, like I said, you're in the twilight zone. I mean, why do I feel bad when I sin? Why, why do I even know about sin? I'm aware of these things, of what and what does not please you. Why, why God? Why? I look around and I see others that don't know you, don't understand you, and yet, I'm not saying I do understand you completely. That's not what I'm saying. But, but why me? Why am I here? What? Why are you here? And others aren't. Why are we together this morning? Not that there's no one else gathering across the world and, and speaking truth. I'm not saying that. But I know that we're keeping the channels open. We're keeping our, 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 our minds of Christ open. And I know that God gives us the truth. But why are we together? Why are you and I having a relationship this morning and others don't? You ever wonder about that? And who am I, God? Who am I? What, why was I created? What is this all about? I mean, I know I'm special because I know I... You know, these, these last days, you're giving us information that you're not giving other people. So I know I'm special, and I don't say that, um, you know, with an ego, I say it spiritually proud in the spirit. Well, the answer is because you're chosen, because I'm chosen. 
Simple, but it's profound. You're chosen. But why? Why choose you? Why choose me? Why? How did this happen? How did I get chosen? I mean, there's other people that's morally acceptable, it seems like. Well, you know, we're certainly not chosen on our merits, that's for sure. But why choose me, God? What what is it about me? Why did you choose me? Why am I here? Why do I have this consciousness? Why do I have this? And it's bittersweet. Remember I told you bittersweet? It's sweet because we know the truth, but it's bitter because now that we have the truth, what are we going to do with it? It does bring us joy, but we've got to stay with it. Now we have a responsibility, like in Ezekiel. You see the train coming, you don't shout the trumpet, there are bloods on your hands. We have to shout, sound the trumpet, and that's what we do. Let's go to John 15, 16. John 15, 16. Why choose me? Here's the answer. Jesus said, you did not choose me but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Did you hear what Jesus just said? He said, listen, brother, sister, child, I did not, you did not choose me. Talking about, we didn't choose God, but God chose us. And he goes on to say, and I've appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. So first of all, he's saying that he has, of all of the billions of people that will live and die until the Lord comes back, he has chosen you and I, chosen you and I, the remnant from a small group. Many are called, but few are chosen. Do you understand that you not only have heard the call of God, but you have answered the call of God. You are so chosen. That that needs to seek in so, so we understand how profound that is. If someone called you and said, you've been chosen to have, if you're an actor, to have a, a starring role in a major motion picture, you'd be on cloud nine. If someone called you and said, you've been chosen to have the, the job that you've applied for, you would be so excited. If the person that you were in love with called you and said, you've been chosen to be my lifelong mate, well, it doesn't happen like that, but they said, will you marry me? That means you're chosen. You would be so exciting, excited. So we need to be excited, have joy that we are chosen by God. But to do what? He chose us, why? Because, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, not quite. He chose us so that we might bear fruit. And not just bear fruit, but the fruit will last. And we're gonna talk about what is the fruit. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Wow, did you hear that? First we're chosen, then he chose, it told us why we're chosen, we're, 
We're chosen so that we can bear fruit, but fruit that will last. So let's talk fruit. There's three categories here. There's no fruit, zero, zilch. Well, you can look around, you'll see that, no fruit, both in believers and non-believers. When I say believers, churchgoers, no fruit. I don't know, Shanita, can believers have no fruit? You can believe in God, but you have no fruit. What do you guys say out there in chat? Hmm. Sure won't have a full reward if you don't bear any fruit. Yeah, will you have fruit? Can you not have fruit if you're a believer? Okay, first one's no fruit. Second one is canned fruit. Me and my son last night went to Golden Corral. And, uh, you know, I used to like Golden Crow. I like going to buffets, Shanita, because I can go there and just look at all this food. You know, I don't eat most of it because I can't. I'm pretty much a vegetarian. But I like to look at it. I like to just, Do you guys like to just go to buffets and gaze upon all that food, you know? And uh, so we went to Golden Crow last night. And I'm not putting Golden Crow down because I, I used to like it. I still kind of do because it's the only buffet in town. <laughs> they closed most of them down. Um, but it's getting kind of dirty now. You know, there's food all over the floor and the you know, place was so crowded. And it was disgusting. But that's not the point I want to make. The point I want to make is that I went to get some fruit. And other than cantaloupe, <clears throat> they had all canned fruit. It was like canned peaches, canned oranges, canned pears, you know, I'm sure if they could can a watermelon, they would do that too. But I tasted it and it was all sugary and it was, it didn't even look like it's an original form. So you see, what some people, some people have no fruit, but then some people have canned fruit, which is fruit that, well, in its original form, it was okay, but it's canned now. It's not healthy, it's not good for you. And that's, I equate that to the apostate religion. Okay, it's canned fruit. It looks like fruit. It even smells and tastes like fruit, but it's not. It's canned. It's not fresh fruit. Then we have number three, which is healthy, fresh, organic fruit. And that's where we want to be. That's where you and I want to be. We want to be with the health, organic, fresh fruit. We're going to talk about fruit in just a moment, but I want to back up. He chose Ephesians 1.4. Ephesians 1.4. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You see, he chose us before we were even born, before the beginning of the world. So he knew you and he knew what you were chosen for. He knew what your fruit would be. He knew all about that before you and I stepped into this body. That's profound. But where's the fruit? Is your fruit, do you not have any? Is it canned? Or is it fresh? Let's go to 1 Peter 2.9, 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen people. Talking about you and I, talking about Israel, but talking about you and I, God's people, you and I, we're a chosen people. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession. 
You're so special. God holds you in his hand and you're so um, uh, special and priceless to him. So don't ever let anybody tell you that you're not worthy. You are worthy. You're worthy. Because God loves you. You're a special possession that you, listen, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. But you see, the fruit is found in our praises. Because you want to, where's the fruit? You'll find it in your praises. Your fruit, my fruit, is found in our praises. But David, I go to church sometimes, and I raise my hands, and I praise God, and, and you know, uh, I can do that. Now, hang on for a second. Let's talk about that. See, this is a brainwashing thing. You ever heard the term, Shanita, a worship, come to praise and worship? Mm-hmm. In churches, praise and worship? Yeah. yeah. You guys hear that? Praise and worship. We have been brainwashed and with mind control on this praise and worship. Because praise and worship, what the church system has told us what it is, is not praise and worship at all. Oh, it's a manifestation of your praise and worship, but it is not praise and worship. When you get up and you're standing in front of that rock band at that Six Flags Over Jesus Church and you're raising your hands to the latest hit song, Christian hit song that's popular and out and you're, you're going back and forth and you're doing this, you are not, that is not praise and worship. Or you're singing in your choir. I love to sing those old songs in choirs. That is not praise and worship. It is a manifestation of praise and worship. Here's what I want to talk about. So what's praise? It's man-made lingo when you say praise and worship. You see, praise and worship is expressing our respect for God. Honoring him and thanking him, that's praise and worship. It is expressing our respect for God, honoring him and thanking him. It is not singing a song to him only. Now, when you honor God, you respect him and you thank him, you do. You can raise your hands and you praise God. But if you're not honoring him, you're not respecting him, and you are not thanking him, don't even think about going to church and raising your hand, baby, because God doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Let me say it again. If you're listening to me and you go to a church on Sunday morning for one hour and you raise your hands for 20 minutes with a rock band up there or any band, but yet you go home and you do not think about God, you do not honor God, you do not thank God in everything you do, then stay home, don't go to church because I don't want to be standing next to you because the roof may fall in. That's what God thinks about that. Just stay home. You see, praise and worship is a every 
moment, every second consciousness of God, we praise him in everything we do, everything we say, our entire being. And therefore, a manifestation of that can be coming together just like we do on Sunday morning. And we sing, we get the guitar and we sing. But that's a manifestation of our praise and our worship. It is not our praise and worship. Our praise and worship goes all the time. Let's go to Hebrews 12, 28. Hebrews 12, 28. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Serve God. Now, if you go back into the Greek, that serve means to worship God. So what you do in life, your story that you tell, who you are, what God created you to be, is your worship, your praise to God. And I'm going to go to this. And I sit, and my mother's in the background. There's a picture of my mom. She went on to be with Jesus two months ago. And thank you all for your prayers. And I miss her so much. And I'm sure you guys have had people you've loved and... And they've gone on to be with the Lord or they've gone and it breaks your heart and you're sad. But you see, um, serving God is what you, you, you worship God with your talent, with the talents God's given you. And he gave it to you before the world was created. And my mother back here, she gave me a card that said, your talent is your gift from God, but what you do with it is your gift to God. Say it again. Your talent that you have, whatever you have the ability to do, your passion, your talent, is your gift from God. God gave you that gift. He didn't give it to anybody else. He gave it to you. But what you do with it is your gift back to him. My question is, what are you doing with your gift? And I know I've talked about this before, folks, but it keeps coming into my brain. Are we as Christians using our gift that God has given us? And we talked about this. To some, it's to, it's to serve people. To some, it's to preach. To some, it's to teach. But then I want to get into the talents of that gift. The talents, you have actors, you have singers, dancers, poets. But then you have uh, electricians, construction people. These are all talents. I can't go out and build a house. There's great uh, uh, construction people that are brothers in Christ, I know, that are great, have great talent at putting together wood and building homes. I can't do that. That's a great talent God's given you. One of them helped us this week. There were two electricians who said we cannot put a light outside the church. Yep. We, that's right. We have, we have this old church built in 1884. God gave it to us. Pray for us because every time I turn around, it costs money to fix it. But built in 1884. And, um, uh, and they said, you can't have electricity outside. And I said, Lord, people are going to stumble and fall in darkness. I want people to have light. And I had electrician after electrician look at it and say, no, I'm other, you, you're going to have to tear the wall down or do something crazy. And then I had Robert, someone come from my Friday night congregation. He looked at it, he says, we can fix this. So within an hour, 
God said, let there be light. Miracle. Let me get back to what I'm talking about. No matter what you do, don't think because you're not in Hollywood that you don't have talent. You have great talent. I mean, a plumber has talent. I can't do, I can't. Look, Shanita, if we don't have plumbers, we couldn't use the bathroom. Now we can get, we can get by without actors and filmmakers and singers and tap dancers, but we can't get by without plumbers, all right? Because everybody's gonna end up using the bathroom and that'd be a mess. So no matter what you do in life, you have talent God's given you, very specific. So I wanna see in chat, what is your talent? What is it that God's given you? What's your line of work? You say, David, I just work at an office. Fine, that's a talent, that's a gift God has given you. Whatever you do in that office, David, I work at a factory. Whatever you do in that factory, God has given you that for this time. Now he may change it, but he's given you that to do to praise him and worship him. Oh, you mean, I'm supposed to like walk around the factory and go, oh, he is Lord, he is, well, you can. Sure, probably get fired, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about praise and worship, honoring God, respecting God, thanking God, being about God's business at work, okay? That's what I'm talking about. Go to Colossians 3, 23, 24. Colossians 3, 23, 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Whatever you do, actor, singer, dancer, plumber, electrician, working in a factory, digging a ditch, cleaning an outhouse. I don't know, you're a housewife. That's a major important job, housewife. Mother, major important job. Don't let anybody ever tell you that what you do as a parent is any less than the president of the United States because you're more important than the president. Because raising that child in the ways of the Lord is so dear to God's heart. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Working as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So whatever you, listen to me, actors, filmmakers, writers, directors, tap dancers, singers, listen to me. Whatever you do, you're working for God. You're not working for a man. If someone tells you as an actor, you need to be in a, in a, in a movie that's compromising, you are not working for a man. You're working for God. Act like it. Do not get involved in the things of darkness. And that goes for anybody. I happen to be an actor, and I know we have some actors out there this morning. I had a guy tell me, I'll never forget it, long time ago. He was a construction guy. And he was so proud of this building he bought, he, he built, so proud of it. He made a lot of money, and it was a nice looking building. And he said, David, drive by Third and Main. It wasn't in this town, another town. Drive by Third and Main, look at that building I built. And so I thought, one day I'm gonna go look at his building because he was so proud of it. So I drove third in Maine. I looked over. I, it was the only building on the corner. I, I was in shock because the guy's a Christian. It was a, it was a giant uh, adult bookstore. You know, like those X-rated, you know, bookstores, three X's. A giant megacenter. 
and I went back to the guy and I said, I, I don't think I could find your building. I just found this building that had an had a adult bookstore in it. He said, yeah. I said, you built that? He goes, yeah. I said, uh, when you built it, did you know that they were gonna have a, a uh, adult bookstore in there? Well, yeah. I said, and you built it anyway? Yeah. I said, and that doesn't bother you? Well, to tell you the truth, maybe it did a little bit. Here's what I was thinking though, and he's talking to me, David. I'm not the one running the adult bookstore. I just built the building. But get out of here, are you kidding me? Don't tell me that you are an actor just starring in a movie. You have no uh, connection to the rest of the story. Even though what you do might be nice, might be clean, and everybody else is spewing hell. So if you're out there as a contractor and you're working and you're building a building and you know that it's going to be used for Satan, then you need to think again. That's what I really appreciated about what you shared on the actor's call yesterday. You said you made a commitment not to be part of a project that would promote the enemy's agenda. Right. You know. Yeah. We did. We, we had an actor's call yesterday. And uh, if, you, if you're an actor and, or a filmmaker or a singer, dancer, whatever, and you'd like to be on this call on Saturday morning at 11 a.m., uh, we do a call and we all come together. We encourage each other. Um, uh, I ask that you be a believer because this is a place for believers. <clears throat> uh, then you can email me at david at davidheavener.com and uh, we'll send you a link. Uh, but yeah, we were on yesterday and uh, God spoke to me and said, say this, that you as an actor, you as a filmmaker, me, we made a commitment. We have an allegiance to our commander in chief, God. We serve God. We don't serve man. So if that's the case, we need to act like it. If someone sends you a script and, or, or a scene and says, we're going to pay you $1,000 to be in it, you say, I want to read the rest of the script. If they don't want to give it to you, you move on, baby. You move on. All right, let's go to uh, Colossians 3, 23, 24. We read 23. You're working for the Lord, not for human masters. We know that. 24, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, you're going to receive an inheritance. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You see, all you're going to get here at best is a pat on the back, a gold watch if you retire, and a paycheck every week of your life. That's your reward here. If you're working for man. But if you're working for God, it's an eternal reward forever. And I got to tell you, baby, eternity is a lot longer than, uh, you know, me working this job. And I'm going to show allegiance to God using your gift. All right, I don't know how far we can get through this, but now we're going to talk about using your gift. Doesn't matter what you do, your gift, your talent. Do we have people that are on saying what their talent is, their gift? I want to hear some... Uh, uh, I, I got someone saying they were an encourager. That is a great talent. Okay, that's a great talent. Um, anybody else? Uh, do we have any actors out there? Any songwriters, singers, tap dancers? <laughs> Just let me know. No matter what you do, no matter what your talent is, no matter what your gift is, no matter what God has gifted you, no matter what, this applies to you and to me. 
Hey, welcome, Ronald. We have an aspiring filmmaker. Let us know where Ronald's from. Um, okay, let's go to 1 Samuel 17. I don't know we'll get all the way through this. We'll get halfway through it unless a miracle happens. Well, we can pray for a miracle. But it's, it's the story of David and Goliath. You see, when you have a talent and you have a gift, Satan knows about it, and he sends the giants out to come and take you down and me down because he does not want you using that gift, that talent for God. Does that make sense? So you're going to have a giant, and you do have giants. So let's look at 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. Now the Philistines gathered their forces of war and assembled at Sikah and Judah. And they pitched camp at Ephs-Damin between Sukkah and Azekah. Saul and his Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up in their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley in between them. You see, this is a perfect example of good versus evil. Folks, the battle lines have been drawn, especially in these last days. You're either with God or you're not. And this is it, it. You had the armies of God on one side, you had the armies of Satan on the other, the Philistines. And this is the way it exists today. We're fighting a battle. For a champion named Goliath, who was from Goth, came out of Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span, and he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels. I don't know, that must be pretty, sounds like it's pretty heavy. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron uh, point weighed 600 shekels. Wow. His, by the time you add all those shekels together, you got a lot of weight going on there. His shield bearer went ahead of him. <clears throat> you see, what God is showing us here with David and Goliath is that this giant is described as being unbeatable. And when you have something in your life that you're facing, it's that giant that's keeping you from doing your life's work, what it is you're supposed to do for God we're gonna talk about how you face that giant. Say, so, Dave, well, I know about David and Goliath. Yes, we know about the Sunday school version of David and Goliath, the cute little, or the, the, the Saturday, remember that Saturday morning cartoon, David, Davy and Goliath? But this giant seemed to be unbeatable. Verse eight, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, he will become your subjects. We will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. You see, what he's saying is, why are you coming against me? I'm bigger than you. I'm better than you. And this is what Satan says, the, the demon of addiction, the demon of fear, the demon of indecision, the demon of self, uh, uh, that you're, you're, you're so self-conscious of yourself. The demon of, of telling you that you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you're too ugly, you're too skinny, you're too fat, 
You're too old. You're too young. Whatever that is, that giant is keeping you from doing what God has called you to do. In verse 10, the Philistine said, this day, listen to this, this day, I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man. Let us fight each other. This is what Satan is saying right now. Listen to me. Satan is pointing his finger and looking at you and I right in the face. And he's saying, I'm defying God. Go ahead, step out. Guess what? He's going to get his wish. See, the devil always likes to call out each believer one at a time. He never works in groups. That's like the sheep that goes astray. He'll, the wolf will take the sheep out one sheep at a time, Shanita. That's true. Mm-hmm. He won't come after the whole herd mostly because they scatter. He waits for them to drift. And that's what happens is we drift away from the body of Christ. And all of a sudden, bam! Satan comes after us and he takes us out one at a time. Now I got some news for you, Satan. You're out of here in the name of Jesus and you will not be back. Not coming back. This is where you and I come in. This is where the chosen come in. This is where the anointed come in. This is where the people that were appointed before the beginning of the world come in. This is where we stand and face and kill the giant. Because you and I were giant killers. We turned the tables. Even though the preachers and the, 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 the apostate congregations will tremble. Because they're afraid of talking about demonic warfare. They will try, or they'll ignore it. But you and I, we stepped up to the plate and we deal with it. On hearing, verse 11, on hearing the Philistines were and Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Most will turn away. Most are turning away from the church, church system. In the church system, they're turning away. What's happening? That's why during this lockdown, the churches became jab junctions. They didn't stand up. 12. Now, David was the son of an Ephratite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and Saul's time. And in Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The firstborn was Elab, and the second was Abinab, and the third was Shema. David was the youngest. Um, the three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend to his father's sheep in Bethlehem. All right. David had a purpose. What was his purpose? He was to tend the sheep. He was to protect the sheep. It was very specific. God always has a specific call on your life. It's not generalized. You say, well, it's generalized because I work in this office. That is not generalized. He has something specific, some reason that you're there, some purpose, some mission. God always calls the ordinary to do the extraordinary. I know you're thinking, David, I'm just just ordinary. No, no. 
Now, God always calls an ordinary person like David to do the extraordinary. And we're going to see what happens. For 40 days, verse 16, for 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. 40 days, just kept on. Satan just keeps on doing it as long as people stand around and do nothing. But now Jesse said to his son, David, take this ephra and roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these 10 cheeses to the commander and of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. Verse 19, there was Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of of a shepherd, loaded up and set out. As Jesse had directed, he reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up the lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brother how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Oh, they've been shouting. He's been defying the armies of God for 40 days. All of a sudden, David hears it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now, everybody else left. David heard it. Let's see what happens. Now, the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He keeps coming out to defy Israel. The king will give wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. Do you hear what the army of God is saying? Do you hear what the people are saying about Satan, about Goliath? They're always telling how scared they are. They're telling how great and powerful he is. Folks, we have the power in us of the living God. Satan has no platform anywhere near the children of God. He has no power compared to the power that's in you and I. The religions always tell us that we need to... um, We need to come to church on Sunday morning. We have an hour because it's right there that you can do praise and worship, that you can hear the great band, that you can hear the choir. See, you got to come there to do it. See, they create a situation. Churches create a situation where you need them. They brainwash you. They tell you that you don't have power. They won't say that, but they don't talk about your power because if they let you know that you have power, you'll use the power and expose them. They want you to be silent, do nothing. But no, you're a giant killer. And so is David. Let's see what happens. Verse 26, David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David finally hears it. He wants to know who is this this child of hell that defies God? Who is the satanic force? What is the satanic force that's allowed to do to the children of God what he's doing? Who is that? Because I'm getting ready to put an end to it. I'm getting ready to stand up to that giant. I'm getting ready to take that giant out. 
You and I, we're giant killers. You see a giant coming on a child of God, you step up to the plate. I will not have that. You cast that demon out and send that demon back to hell and you tell him he will not come back. Verse 27. They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Now, if you remember, Christ had not gone to the cross, risen, and the promise uh, of the lamb is not with us during this time. <clears throat> but he gave David a promise. This is the blessing you will get. Don't pay taxes. You know, it goes on and on and on. You get to marry all these things. And he's listening to that. Wow, look at this. This is good. But when Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Yes. Does this happen to you? that you stand up for the things of God and your family comes up to you or your friends and they tell you, I know how conceited you are. I know how wicked you are. Oh, you're just a, you know, what right do you have to come here and talk about God? That's what they were doing to David. They were ridiculed. They were discouraging him. Look what David did. Now, what have I done, said David? I can't even speak. He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. See, David would not stop his words, his thoughts, his mission. He wanted to hear it. Folks, when God gives us a mission, we need to keep hearing it. We need to keep write it down. We need to keep reading it. Get up every morning, look at it and say, this is my mission in life. I'm an actor. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a singer. I'm a dancer. I'm a plumber. I'm an electrician. This is what I will do for God, not for man. I will stand up against any giant that comes into my life, especially the giant that tells me I can't do what God assigned me to do in life. I cannot tell my story. Verse 31, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go ahead and fight him. That's what David said to Saul. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Here you go again. Knocking David down, telling him every reason he couldn't do it. 34, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When, I turned, when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and the uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. So look what God has given you to do now that you've been successful in little things, and you say, anybody that discourages you, you come back to them and you said, look what God has done for me. Look what I've done for God in the past. I will do greater things, said Jesus. Greater things. We're going to end it there, but next week I'm going to pick it back up on the story of David and, and, and Goliath, giant killer part two.
right? We're going to pick it up where we left off. Shanita, what, any uh, comments, anything? Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm just blown away. Um, Lisa Pearl Black says, wow, I woke up thinking about this very concept of you know, using your gift. Wow. And, uh, so we're, we're, and Metanoia in Florida says, you know, I normally don't do chats, so there must be some reason I am here today. And wow. she is an actress and an evangelist. Wow. Praise God. So it's, it's really awesome. Um, um, Carol shares her story of going into an L.A. audition and and then later finding out what the whole script was about and trying to turn it down, but it was too late at that point. And so uh, thank you so much, Carol, for your testimony. Yeah, thank you, Carol, for sharing that. Um, and I, I listen, because I'm an actor and filmmaker and, and uh, songwriter, um, I can relate, but you know, I've done construction. Don't ask me to build your house because it'll be crooked. Uh, I've done, I worked at a pickle factory, Paramount Pickles, uh, don't wanna do that anymore. I worked for Kentucky Fried Chicken. I mean, I've done, you know, so I've done things before. I can do other things besides make movies and act and, and talk about the things of God, but uh, I'm just saying I relate to actors and filmmakers, and, but I relate, I try to relate to everyone because Shanita, it's all the same, isn't it? It, the same principle applies, okay? And so, but I'm so glad that um, we could come together. So, yeah. says, if we were all using our gifts, then the gospel would be shared faster than COVID. <laughs> I love that. That's a great one. I love that. Uh, if, uh, if we all used our gifts, the gospel would, be, would spread faster than COVID. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good one. Um, so... Yeah, you know, you all, I, I really, uh, someone asked me, they said, what is your ministry all about? My ministry's about a lot of things, but it's, but it, but without this thing I'm getting ready to share with you, it would be nothing. My ministry is about the story. It's the story of God, how it connects to my story. You have a story. God created you with a story because you're an actor in God's script. You know, he built, he created this world in six days and rested on the seventh, what I call the biggest low budget movie ever made. But you're a star. You're part of God's story. But are you living? Are you showing up on the set? Are you part of God's, are, are you, are you, are you living out his story? Meaning if you don't show up on the set and he's making this movie, there's an actor missing and the story is not told the way it needs to be told. Oh, he'll recast. And I don't even talk about that. I don't think about it. But you have a story. And your story is to always connect with God's story and tell God's story. Your story and God's story come together as one story. And that's what this is. What is my story? It's Last Evangelist. Episode one of Last Evangelist, I wrote it way before the virus and lockdowns and the, um, all of the, the vaccines and all that, way before that. And, but when I finally made it, all of this came unfolded. The, the mission of Last Evangelist is to tell people end times prophecy, in other words, what's happening uh, and how it's connected to the Bible in a dramatic form, 
like CSA meets the book of Revelation. That's what God's called me to do. Um, the first episode dealt with that. Episode two deals with the vaccine, and but the vaccine's just the beginning. It's called the insertion. And folks, down the road, could be a year, two years, we will have that implant, all right? Please, if you would, partner with me and go to lastevangelist.com and uh, pray for us. Uh, you can uh, donate. That's the only way we're gonna make it. And you can be an actor in it. You can or have a walk-on role, uh, producer, but please go there. You can actually be your own fundraiser, Shanita. Um, and that, that's, my, that's what God called me to do because I have the ability to make movies and to act. And uh, I wanna thank you for praying for me. But you have a story, and this is a song we did several weeks ago. Someone else requested that I do it again. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna do it. Why not? We can sing songs over and over again. It's not about the song, Shanita. It's about our attitude behind it, right? It's like I said, praise and worship isn't this song. It isn't this time right here. Praise and worship goes throughout the week, but this is a manifestation of our praise, of our worship, of our, our respect and honoring God, of our thanking God, okay? I love to tell a story, and it'll be my theme in glory. I love to tell the story of unseen things above. Jesus and his glory. Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it's true. It satisfies my longing as nothing else can do. Sing it. I love to tell the story will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story and it's pleasant to repeat. What seems each time I tell it, it's more wonderful and sweet. I love to tell the story, for some have never heard the message of salvation. From God's own holy word, let's all sing it. Holy love to tell the story will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Maybe God's speaking to you this morning and say, David, I'm not telling my story the way that God wants me to tell it. 
this morning that can change. I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord, I know you created me before the earth was created. And you gave me a purpose. And I've not been living that purpose the way that you wanted me to, Lord. But starting right now, starting this moment, this second, I will turn my life around. And I will live for you. I will put you before man. And perhaps you don't know God. But you've heard God for the first time this morning. This isn't by accident. See, time is short and God is calling his people right now. You say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. And Father, I, I'm declaring to you that I will follow Jesus the days of my life. I love you. Accept me into the kingdom. Congratulations. Your name's been written into the book of life. got an eternal home now. Now you've got a story. Oh, I love to tell the story for those who know it best. Seems hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest and when it sings of glory oh I'll sing I'll sing a new song to be the old old story that I have loved so long let's sing it together Oh, Lord, we love to tell your story. It will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Well, let me tell you something. If telling God's story is not your theme in glory, you won't be in glory. Folks, God is calling out the Christians that are hot. God is doing away with the lukewarm Christians. In this last, last days that we're in, God is calling His flock. So as we go about the week, I pray that God will give us the consciousness, the power, the ability, the strength to tell His story no matter who tries to stop us. Because when they do, we understand that that is our theme and glory. We will not be shut down 
from our theme and glory because we love to tell the story it'll be my theme and glory to tell the old old story of Jesus and his love. All right, praise God. I love you guys. Appreciate you all. Like every morning, um, I ask that uh, you pray for us. We'll be praying for you if you need prayer, David at davidhevener.com. Would you consider becoming a, a partner, a financial partner with this ministry? We do a lot. Um, We've opened up a new call to actors on Saturday. We have an in-person uh, uh, gathering on Friday night. I do the Monday night show. And of course, we have this precious time on Sunday morning. But I do a lot of other things in this ministry, a whole bunch. Um, we need your help financially to keep it going. And uh, so I thank you all for your donations and, and your love and your kindness and your prayers. Um, uh, and if you haven't considered, please consider becoming a monthly partner. We have the new book. Uh, I, I tell you about this every week because we may have someone new, folks. And I don't want to uh, pass by without giving somebody these books. How to Use Your True Power in These Last Days. Um, God laid this on my heart. We have the power, but how do you use it? I want you to get this book if you can. Um, this is the story of my life, but it's the truth about Hollywood mind control, deception, aliens, demons, program multiples, astral projection, much more. Get this book. Um, and then we also have the End Times DVD, eight hours of footage on the Illuminati, New World Order, demonic uh, pressure. I mean, I got, I got eight hours of footage with L.A. Marzulli, Dis, late great Russ Dizdar, late great Urban Baxter, um, uh, Michael Lake, Lisa Haven. Pick this up. Here's the episode of Last Evangelist, okay? Pick this up. It's got some band videos on the back of it. Um, you can get all that by going to uh, davidhevener.tv forward slash order, or you can uh, just text the word chosen to 91999, or you can uh, you can call 844-806-0006. And if you wish to donate, um, Shanita, correct me if I'm wrong, you can go to davidhevener.tv forward slash donate, um, or text the what I gave you and and call the number that I gave you. Um, also, lastevangelist.com. Don't forget, uh, go there and become a um, subscriber with the newsletter. And also, if God lays it on your heart to help us make episode two, we're going to start making it in four weeks, okay? Love you guys. Uh, Shanita, what else do we have? Anything before we go? Um, any prayer requests? Um, I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer and pray for people. Um, yes. Diane says, it's just so good to see a pastor calling out the evil in the world and in Hollywood. And thank you so much, Diane, for being a part of chat today. Yeah, thank, thank you, Thank you Diane. to each of you who subscribed to the TV um, network last week. That support really Yeah. Helped. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> thank you. Go to davidhevener.tv. We noticed we had like eight subscribers last week. Folks, we're getting people unsubscribed because their credit cards go void or something. But we don't want to lose people. We need to keep the momentum going. Please go and subscribe if you haven't. Um, go to davidhevener.tv. And if you do order from Amazon, Shanita, they, uh, people can, uh, you can put in chat how they can order, right? Uh, like if you order something from Amazon? Oh, yes. 
What, what are yeah. they? So for Amazon, it's smile.amazon.com slash ch for charity slash 45-254-1313. So if you search for our funding partner, Full Heart Wisdom, yeah. Easier, but yeah. um, just email us if you need that link. Yeah, um, you can put it in chat. Uh, you could, it's Full Power Wisdom. That that's 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 our partner behind this. And uh, but thank you guys. I love you all. Um, any prayer requests, or I'll just I'm just gonna go to the Lord in prayer. We do have several. Okay. And Lenny, the answer is yes. You can subscribe straight straight through Roku. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we won't have your email, so let us know if you want to join the fellowship after Monday's gathering. Yeah. We have a special right. time just for that, our TV members. That's right, we do. We have um, uh, Underground, uh, and it's just for the members, okay, um, of David Heavener TV. We get together. I, I take my guests into Underground that I have on my show, and we say things we can't say above ground. Uh, but then we have question and answer, and after that, we even have a, uh, a chat room where you can stand and, and talk to people and connect with people. So go there and sign up, please. I'd really appreciate it. Anna is one of our prayer warriors from the very beginning. She helped us get episode one off the ground. And she says, I was already enjoying God's tangible presence. And then when you said that you plan to film episode two soon, wow, there was a suddenly increase of God's tangible presence. Wow, um, praise God. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna. Pray for us, you all. We have giants that were taken out. These giants are, we need to raise the money to do this. Um, uh, pray for us because God said, don't go to the system, the beast system. Go to my people. They will take care of you. Pray for us, okay? Um, pray that we get the right actors and we can get financing, uh, all the finance we need, uh, lastevangelist.com. Okay, so prayer requests. We have a few minutes left here. Yes, we are praying for... Okay, Michelle's knee. Needs. Okay. Needs. Okay. Um, no. Uh, N e e d s. Uh, needs. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, for Robin. All right. For Lisa. Elisa. Um, just, just Lisa. L i s a. Okay. For Lisa's mom, Joyce. Okay. For Lisa Pearl. For Lenny. For Metanoia. For Wendy. Okay. All right, got it. Um, Lenny, Lisa, Metanoia, all right, yeah. Okay, uh, if you have any other prayer requests, uh, send them to admin at davidheavener.tv. Lord, we come to you, we thank you, we love you. Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, we, we come to you humbly, understanding that you chose us, we didn't choose you, that we are your vessels, but God, we have a great responsibility. Let us, Lord, Tell your story by telling our story. Let us live out the purpose which you've given us. And in doing that, we live for you. That is true praise and worship. We thank you, Lord. Right now, we lift up uh, Michelle, uh, Robin, uh, Lisa, Joyce, uh, and Lisa, and Lenny. Looks like Matoya. Lift up each and every person that's been here with us this morning from all over the world, Father. I'm asking for a special anointing, a special blessing for each and every person listening to my voice. I'm praying for someone out there that's having stomach issues. 
We command a healing in the name of Jesus over that stomach. There's someone that's been suffering from some type of, of arthritis, it's, but, it's, but it's, a, it's rare and it's very, very hurtful. We come against that demon of arthritis. There's someone out there that's suffering from a relationship and they're hurting right now. And I ask, Father, that you comfort that person, that you enhance their mind of Christ so they know that they have, they have you as their father, that you are with them. Pray for our children right now that are being, have been kidnapped in human trafficking, children that have been abducted, children that are caught in bondage, children that are being abused. We come against that demon. Demon, you have no right to the children. You are gone. You are cast back into hell. You will not return. We pray for that mother who's considering giving up her baby. I'm thanking Father that you're changing her mind right now. And that the demons of abortion will be obliterated, are obliterated and cast back into hell. That these babies will, are going to be saved so they can live out their purpose. Tell the story. I thank you for each and every person that's been with us and prayed for us. Been on their knees for us. They financially supported us. They've encouraged us. I'm praying for all those, Lord. I'm praying for everyone you have brought here this morning. I ask, to get, Lord, that you give them protection and the blessing. In Jesus' name, pray. All right, I love you guys. I appreciate you all. Um, God bless you all. And uh, just remember. I love to tell the story. What story? I love to tell the story about Jesus, of how he loved me so much he gave his life for me. And the story that I tell, it will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. All right, love you guys. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Don't forget about the show tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget about davidhavener.tv and lastevangelist.com. God bless you all.